The World Cup on off the ball, covering the good, the bad, and well, the ugly of what's happening in Qatar. Neymar can push the ball between your legs because he just sees things. Subscribe to the OTB Football Podcast feed now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Callan Quinlan, good morning to you. Morning, lads. How's it going? We had a great plan to be chatting away about Leinster and Munster and all sorts of stuff, and then I picked up the Irish Daily Mail this morning and I saw O'Shea in the mix, or if you may turn to ex-Ireland stars, Jones feels the heat, so he's obviously there in a director of um, performance role, is that his? uh, Something like that. Um, And so that there's a possibility that if Jones goes... I mean, if he goes, they kind of need to decide now, don't they? Like, this needs to be, either you leave now... This stuff is kind of getting out and leaking out, even though the review hasn't been completed. Maybe they've had their meetings this week, and mm. um, but it's kind of strange that it's, it's out there now that this stuff is... Um, you know, Conor O'Shea's been linked. There's lots of talk about different coaches taking over. Warren Gatland, Gatland Scott yeah. Robertson. Borthwick. Um, Borthwick, yeah. So um, I have a feeling this mightn't go... Um, well for Eddie Jones you know I think there's a lot of kind of rumblings and and um, obviously for, for England to be you know having the results they've had in the last 12 months the last couple of Six Nations as well so If they um, were to do that Quinny the, the, like O'Shea in one way and Borthwick obviously to the same degree given what they would know given that there's a Six Nations only around the corner surely there's it's probably an interim appointment that gets them I don't know, past the Six Nations? Yeah, because it's a World tricky Cup. time. Unless someone like Warren Gatland or Scott Robertson um, were to say, look, I'm coming in for the next couple of years and I'll sign up. But this has been probably driven by... What, what will dictate this, Adrian, I think, is the players. They'll go and talk to players. Mm. And um, unfortunately for Eddie Jones, there's been lots of rumblings about, you know, maybe the way he treats people and different coaches. There's been a fair rollover of coaches there over the years. Um, the way he's kind of runs this kind of ruthless kind of environment and stuff like that but um, not every co- coach will please every player and vice versa so there's always going to be some co- players who'll say well I don't like that coach or, <laughs> and some will be incredibly loyal so if you ask someone like Owen Farrell because he's been captain and he's been a mainstay you know he'd probably say something really positive where someone like Mike Brown who played mm-hmm. got dropped wasn't picked was frustrated well, says funny, something I saw, different I saw so that Alice always Genge happens on that, um, the good bad in the rugby podcast during the week saying, and he's in all the squads saying that he's the kind it, of fellow who'd well, it was put to him that, like, coach you know, and he still probably the, turns the, up the, the rumours out there that, that, you know, there's a split in the camp, the players are not happy, and he was like, I mean, maybe, what else would you say? But he was certainly fairly definitive in the sense and that And it wouldn't surprise me for a character like him, because he's that kind of fellow who doesn't really care, and, yeah. uh, you know, coach wouldn't affect his psyche, he just... He's kind of that free spirit and he's a very good player. So it wouldn't surprise me like that. But, you know, when you run a kind of a tough, ruthless environment, which... You know, it's top-end sport. It's not Molly Coddling either. You know, you have to have a bit of pressure and you have to have standards and all that kind of stuff. But then when results start creaking a little bit, you hear little things that certain guys, um, you could get more out of them. On paper and the evidence of what you see from England players, they're underperforming. Mm. You know, they're not a team that maybe are as dominant um, given the players they have, it's and I'm not saying they have this wonderful talent of 30 players that are unbelievable, the world's best, but you see what Rassi Erasmus and Nienenbar have done to South Africa. You sense that England are kind of a bit of a sleeping giant like that. If they, if, if, if they get 
have a little bit of change, maybe there is a lot more potential. I don't know. Eddie, Eddie Jones has, you know, had had great success for himself in the coaching, in his coaching career, but he's kind of been up, down, up, down for the last number of in- years. And, you know, England are one of the powerhouses of world rugby. Whether we like it or don't like it as Irish people, that's the way they are. But you sense now that, you know, they're, they're not really sure their identity. They're not really sure which way they play. Um, can they overpower teams like traditionally they've done? You know, the results just haven't been good enough. So I suspect they will make a change. I don't know. And, um, you know, as I said this on Monday to Ger, I said Eddie Jones is, you know, he he's very outspoken. He's always kind of throwing little jibes at different coaches, different players. And, uh, you know, he's a real character in the game. And um, but I think there's something could happen out of this, you know. Quinny, is it not a bit of an exercise in futility then asking the players what they think about Eddie Jones? Because you know, you're going to have. I as, think as Will, what I mean is, I mean, 15 who love him, 15 I mean, who hate him. Bill, you know, Bill Sweeney, the chief executive, and other people who are in the decision making, they'll, they'll come on the QT. Will be what they really team. like. They'll, they'll try and um, garner that information as to what the environment is like and what do the players really think and. Um, do they need to they won't be, hinge it on that ultimately it doesn't matter if you've um, a dictator running your team if you're getting results yeah. um, and usually you know if you are getting results it's you know it, it is fairly ruthless then, you know what I mean it's but we've a, we've a lovely balance and, 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 and what's happening now you know with the type of leader we have and the Irish rugby team and Andy Farrell they'd love to get him back I would think I think he's learned a lot and matured but Eddie Jones has done, you know, people would argue and say that the results just have not been good enough in the last couple of years. And, and that's the reality that he faces and, and that's the kind of pressure he's under. You look at their, their World Cup draw and like you could quite well, easily easier side of the draw, final. Yeah, of course, yeah. And that's what they, they've done it before, haven't they, you know. Um, and they, there's every chance. That's why it could be an attractive proposition for mm. a lot of coaches. And if they stay, if if it stays as it is, um, I still think they will be a serious threat next year. Um, but there's been a lot of changing in the coaches over the years, the assistant coaches and stuff like that. And oh, back that stuff staff, doesn't it's happen a, it's if it's if there's a, a, a good environment there. You know, it doesn't usually happen. One person we know isn't, uh, or most likely is not getting the gig or taking the gig is uh, your buddy He's his advisors have got uh, in ahead of the, the curve again here you know got their statement out and ruled themselves out of the English job and well it's played out ideally for him obviously now and he's uh, it looks like I don't know has he actually signed or he's going to sign up until 2027 to stay in La Rochelle as the head coach and he's often spoken about like the decision is not just his decision obviously it's a family call and the setup that they have but this is ideal for him now and it's sort of because like I have to say every other time we have him on it's like oh you've been linked with this gig or that gig whereas now it's like now listen I've five year contract to run here and that's all done now it seems yeah um, he hasn't had signed and he said it in his article this morning that um, that uh, he would be frustrated if people think he kind of used this situation and um he likes a bit of humour and, and and you can slag him about things and, like and that. And to be fair to him on that, he, like, he, it was after he gave that interview to BT after one of the Heighton Cup games the other year, it was the last year, when like it wasn't of his making that all this stuff come up. We were asking him about it. What are you going to do? Like, I mean, you have to kind of respond to Yeah, and look, he's asked. a year and a half into, into, into the yeah. head coach gig, so there's a year and a half left. So it's not a surprise that they would be discussing his future, you know what I mean? I don't think you'd want to let it run into the last year and... Um, 
it's going it's going well they like him the players like him the the they've spoken Jules Far, Jules Favre was on you know at that BT launch so we heard Malachi Fekitoa during the week and um, I know you, if you're asked about your head coach you're not going to yeah. say I don't like him but <laughs> you sense Will Skelton there's a lot of them saying that they have this kind of relationship that's you can read between really the lines good. what players yeah, say yeah. You know, and, they, and um, obviously I know him very well and I know that that's his approach anyway he, he, he would absolutely lambaste you if you weren't doing your job but loves to have a bit of crack and get that balance right and that's always the intrigue with any coach you know what I mean I, I can't say that it's the exact way you should do it but um, that's what I feel the way it should be it feels like it's respect. more long term approach rather than like the Jose Mourinho the Eddie Jones like all brim and sometimes you need to go in and have this ruthless and cut out the dead wood and, and you know really have a, a pressurised situation where you're ruthless in your decision making and all that kind of stuff but the, the coaches who last are the ones that are respected by the players and that they feel that they're they're getting a fair crack at the whip and if they don't play they get proper feedback all that kind of stuff there's a balance who'd want to be a coach it's it's a very high pressurised job when results are going well it's great Rog hasn't experienced that kind of low dip where you know you lose five games and the crowd are starting to get on your back um, and maybe he never will you don't have to but um you know what happened last year winning that European Cup gives you credit for a long long time because it was just the scenes afterwards and it united that team so um, he's he's in a good position and, and happy where he is I think and he's come out and said that now As someone who knows him well Quinny is Rog the type of coach that you think you would have liked to have played under? Yes because he was the same as a player and I've said this many times, he was effectively like a coach when he played because he he spoke a lot at meetings and he always spoke for the reason of making the team better. You know, if we lost the game, he was very vocal in reviews, um, could be very, would pick you out and would be very honest and open in the way you played and stuff, but always kind of have an ability to tell you, you know, you can do better and I believe you can do better. So he always had that intrigue. The same way as Paul, you know, natural leaders that, I would have been seen on a regular basis. You know, Paul had the same kind of ability to do that and really trying to get better all the time and a great standard as players. Um, so Rog was, yeah, of course, he, he he helped me a lot in my career and helped lots of players around him um, and, you know, turned up and did his job really well, had a high standard and, and got the best out of himself. So I would have because... Uh, you know, he was very, very good and a great driver in the, the successful team that I would have played in. Um, let's talk about the rugby. Two games to touch on, obviously. Saturday night, uh, URC action at the RDS. It's first against second, and you've been very impressed uh, with Leinster. They obviously got the job done in Belfast earlier in the uh, not that long ago, a couple of months ago. So um, you expect it to go with form again, or what's your expectation? Yeah, well, they're going to have um, a lot of their, you know, Frontliners back yeah. now, and this is going to be a, a tougher task for for Ulster. Ulster have, you know, probably been the closest to causing them problems in the last couple of years, and they've that ability to, you know, to 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 put them on the rack a little bit at times. But you've got to be impressed with Leinster again. Um, I know. Usually, we're talking about the business end of the season and what happened last year, and that's where they'll be judged again. It's no surprise that they're going to be right at the top of the league and, you know, in the playoffs and and in the knockout stages for Europe as well. I think. Um, but you know, points scored in the league, their first points try scored first, 
points conceded 16th mm. so it tells its own story that you know the stats and numbers that really really matter um, they're they're top of the pile and even when they make all these changes they seem to you know get the job done and be ahead you know you look at the Scarlets game a couple of weeks ago the Welsh players are missing the Irish players are missing and they go over to Wales and they win 30 points to 5 dominant mm. new players new caps um, so it keeps kind of rolling that 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 um, that group of players and and what they're doing. Um, but of course they're going to get, you know, it's the business end of the season and that that they'll want to deliver and bounce back from the disappointments of of both the URC and and Europe last year. But um, they're showing so no signs of wilting or. or or weakening, but I think Ulster have improved a lot again, and they've added a little bit um, to the squad, to the environment. Obviously, Kitsoff is coming in, Rory Sutherland is in there. They have a little bit of more steel about them up front, and obviously, very, very talented players. You know, James Hume is a, is, is a wonderful player. Having Luke Marshall back, um, Balakoon, Stockdale back in the mix. There's there's a lot of players now that are starting to mature and. And fronting up to big challenges, but um, you think it's going to be a tough one from tomorrow night. But yeah. they're capable of causing Leinster problems, and as I said, they've done it in the last couple of years. And a lot of players with points to prove at the RDS as well. When you talk Ulster as well, John Cooney could be facing Ireland in the World yeah, Cup next year during the week. Yeah, and, and again, we've heard the rumours, um, and you couldn't blame the guy if he's not going to be in the mix. He may get a crack at the World Cup. His dad is Scottish, so um you couldn't hold against i think he'd be a fool not to do it at this stage um if he's out of the ireland reckon and, and that's probably 3 years since his last yeah campaign. yeah so he is seems to be so he'd be a fool to do that but um well whether, whether he even gets into the scotland team not to do well it'd be worth a crack you know but obviously tonight um your favorite team are over in edinburgh monster <laughs> you're always slagging us i have to tell uh, well, it's edinburgh, a, a tough assignment for them team. like an emotional week for them mike blair's spoken about the fact that they've chatted a lot about Doddy where this week they're asking fans to turn out in support of that you mentioned about the internationals back in the, the RDS a raft of internationals back on both sides and a, a tough uh, assignment all the all the makings of a great game that one yeah it's a very tough task for them I think uh, when you see the players that are back um, the only kind of chink of light here for Munster I think is is um, that Sometimes when you bring back all your internationals, it takes a little bit of time to to get back up to speed with the calls and the setup. But I think the the, the bad thing for Munster is that kind of emotional thing situation over the Doddy Weir's mm-hmm. passing, and that's a kind of a, a night for them to try and honour him. And you know they're asking all the people to turn up and do that and where they're targeting, they, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. So that adds to it a little bit, but. Um, it's a real kind of pivotal game for them that if they go and get their something there, um, you know, it could be it'd be a, an incredible result, really, given that there there's a lot of uh, top class internationals playing for Edinburgh tonight. Munster on the back of you know, I know they've made a couple of changes, rotated the front row, but Gavin Coombs back in, so they have a little bit of you know mm. playing time together this group, and that was a problem from early on up to the seventh round at 57 players used in the league which is incredible you only see that kind of stuff at the end of the season but against Connacht last week and I know Connacht will be dis- you know, really frustrated by that because they had opportunities but Munster just had that little bit of composure at times still made mistakes and errors their mall was good their set piece 
Connacht caused them a lot of problems in the scrum. Um, so, you know, they're coming up against Schumann tonight and uh, Lewin De Bruyne and others, two South African props. Um, they've two South African props effectively come off the bench as well in, in Venter and WP Nell, even though, you know, obviously WP Nell has played for Scotland for a number of years. So that's an area they really got to get right um, and a tough task from tonight. Who's going to, in a word... I find it difficult to see Munster getting the win because of the team that Edinburgh have played and this is the type of team I've mentioned Edinburgh in dispatches before and saying look they're a side that can go right into the playoffs if they had all these players available they could cause anyone any problems so I think Edinburgh may be too good but I'm optimistic that Munster if they get it you know if they get building that little bit of momentum they have you know, who knows? They might yeah. cause a problem. It's and important for them to get more points on the board as well. You're going to be back on Monday morning with reviews of all and that. Connacht are playing Benetton tomorrow as well at home, so yeah. they've got a win to try and get up the table. You know, given last week, mm. so they're in the same situation now. Games won as monster games I saw lost. Johnny Sexton been linked with, uh, with Connacht in one of the papers this morning as the new head coach when Andy Friend leaves. <laughs> That'll be a conversation for another day, Quiddy. That's a whole can of worms that we'll have to save some time for. Thanks a million for coming in. Cheers. Enjoy lads. the weekend. OTB. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.